Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Uncredible Gamers Podcast, a show where three people with varied levels of gaming experience play a game each month and get together to talk about it so that you can relive and revisit some of your favorite video game moments. This show was recorded a while back before the COVID times, and if we don't make mention of the pandemic when you think we otherwise should, we had no idea what was to come. Today, we test Ashley's patience with her first third-person shooter, Uncharted Drake's Fortune. Here we go. Okay. Ash, you ready? Okay. So, Sean, to clue you in, we've got Ashley's mom's birthday dinner tonight, which we thought was maybe going to be tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. But got pushed up uh, to tonight. Hence the frantic getting everything ready because Ashley's making a cake for her mom's birthday. Yeah. I thought I had more time. That's okay. Okay. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another installment of the Uncredible Gamers podcast. Today, we're talking about Uncharted Drake's Fortune. Ooh. Okay. So, Sean's uh, remote. Ashley is in the room with me. Hello. And you got Brandon here. I'm going to be your tour guide through the episode today. And like I said, the game's Uncharted. I have played the game before. This is my second playthrough of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we go around the table and talk about our... You know, what are experiences with other Uncharted games or uh, games of this genre? Cool, I'll go first. Uh, This is my first. I enjoy more story-based games rather than the one-person shooter games. I say one-person shooter, but I meant third-person shooter. I'm up on the lingo now. So that's kind of where I lean to. And I guess that'll come up more as we get into the game a little bit. But, Sean? Yeah, this is my first time playing Uncharted 1, or uh, Drake's Fortune, I guess, maybe. I played about ha- almost halfway through the game uh, once playing and never finished. Um, but I am a fan of the series. I have played the second and third installments before, and I think I even mentioned that one of the second or third Uncharted's made it into my top five, or honorable mentions of my favorite games when we talked about those earlier. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a big fan, and I really enjoy Naughty Dog, the, the studio, whatever you want to call it. I like how they weave the story uh, and like cinematic experience with like the actual gameplay. I think this game is obviously very good in that it sparked a whole series of four games and a movie short on YouTube and potentially more to come. But um, I think it only. That sort of weaving of the story and gameplay only gets better in the later games, too. Yeah, so backing up, so Uncharted, uh, as we mentioned, Drake's Fortune, which is the first of the Uncharted series games, was released in November 2007. Yeah. So we're talking over like 13 years at this point to Mm -hmm. date the podcast a bit. It was originally released for the PlayStation 3, and all of us, I think, played on the uh, PlayStation 4 as a part of the collection that was released. Yeah. Leading up to Um, the fourth, yeah. Yep, yeah, leading up to Uncharted 4. Again, so Sean mentioned the developer was Naughty Dog. Mm -hmm. Prior games of Naughty Dogs were, I think, Crash Bandicoot, Jack and Dexter. So they came from this sort of third-person action-adventure, like almost platformer, puzzle platformer game, which you can feel a lot of that in this game, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. Like where the camera swings around and Drake's running at you. Yeah. Right? And like these kind of moments felt very crash to me. 
Mm-hmm. But the game was written by Amy Hennig, who also wrote Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 3. And obviously it was very inspired by the, you know, sort of Indiana Jones yeah. uh, type story. I could see that. Told in a bit of a modern setting. But there's, I mean, there are so many callbacks to Indiana Jones mm-hmm. just in a video game form that is uh, obviously not, not Harrison Ford driven, but instead... Nolan North driven who plays Nathan Drake. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before we like get into our breakdown and just talk about the story as it is, let's talk about what your impression of the game was. Let's just get it all out there. Let's get our feelings on the table. I know Ashley's got some hot takes, I think. <laughs> uh, I didn't really enjoy it very much, mostly because I was just confused the whole time about the story. I feel like the story could have been a bit more clear. Yeah, I was pretty fuzzy through most of the game about where I was and why I was on a certain path I was on. They just introduced a lot of different players in the game that was hard for me to keep track of. So I I had a hard time with the story component of it. And a story-driven game is kind of what I like. So that was kind of lacking for me. Not mm. to say that it wasn't for you guys. I just did not pick up on exactly where, because it's all about finding El Dorado, all that fun stuff, which Brandon, I know you're going to talk more on. So yeah, I think I was about halfway through and Brandon came in and while I was playing, I was like, I have no idea why I am in this room or what I am doing. <laughs> I am just trying to get from room to room. Don't really know exactly what I'm looking for here. So yeah, Uncharted is a game where you're segmented into these like shooting gallery sections and then you maybe do some platforming and then you get a cutscene. And then you do more shooting, more platforming, Mm -hmm. more cutscenes. Which I did appreciate that aspect of it. I like that it kind of gave you that break and gave you that little snippet of the story. And then you went back into the action of it. So I did enjoy that part of it. Did you feel the cutscenes were just a little bit too ambiguous at times on like why we were doing the next thing? I wouldn't say it was the cutscenes that I thought were ambiguous. I think just for me, I thought the whole thing was a little ambiguous. I I think the cutscenes could have actually been a bigger part of it to give more information on exactly where the story was going. Yeah. But that was just me. John? Yeah, um, obviously, as I've already said, that I'm a fan of the series. I thought this first game, I don't know, I, yeah, probably a problem that I have played some of the newer sequels uh, of the story. So, you know, I guess where they could could have potentially learned from the first one and adapted and, and evolved. So... I, yeah, like I, I really enjoy the setup of the game. I, I think I was more clear on the story. I understand where Ashley's coming from. Of there is a lot of like extra stuff happens, especially when it comes to like the villain aspect of the game. I feel like there's no. I don't think they did a great job of giving you like the central villainous character that you're leading up to. That's like the ultimate boss, if you mm-hmm. will. Like you know, a lot of campaign story games. But I think, yeah, I think you pick up pretty early that you're following Francis Drake, the famous explorer, and it turns out that you're on the road to El Dorado. Cut to that great movie, one of those songs. Let's let's put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is a, the um, animated El Dorado movie? Yeah. About? yeah. Which, <laughs> so, such a good movie. Music by Elton John. How is it not good? Um, really? I believe so. I think that's like one of those Elton John uh tim rice like when he was or, doing lion king and uh yeah yeah anyway um tangent uh no, yeah not really el dorado man it's, you had the link so. it, makes, right? it makes perfect sense to me i'm good yeah yeah so with that in mind like as the north star of the through line is el dorado 
I think clears this story up, but I, I get that like where you're going and the continued expansion of that uh, is weird. Yeah. You're on a ship, you're on an island. Yeah, I guess you go to a different island. Yeah, you crash on this different island. Now this different island has a whole like huge bunker system. You know, like you don't feel like you're on an island anymore. Yeah, it's like Yeah, no, I think where the story gets a little bit ambiguous or confusing, I think is that most of the story is actually in the history of this El Dorado thing. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the top level story is super thin. It's Nathan Drake's on the hunt for El Dorado. And then along the way, things happen to some of the characters around him. But like you said, Ash, the mm-hmm. reason for why I'm going to where I'm going is like, maybe you get one line or like mm-hmm. one sentence, like, Oh, found this thing. Now we're going here. Right. And, and uh, if I am a little, you know, daydreaming a little bit or not totally <laughs> focused. Well, and I could actually totally see it too. Cause so I was in the room when you were playing a lot of this game. Right. And so, yeah, you know, you're in you're in the the shootouts and like focused and like it's taken a lot out of you because I mean you're let's be fair you you're not like super used to games. Where oh, you've I have got, to really focus. Where you're like being flanked by you know. And I pirates. played. What did I play this on? I played it on like normal. You played on normal. I played on normal the whole way. I'm mm-hmm. so proud of myself. Yep, yep. And you, you I had it. to redo some scenes about twelve times before I beat the shootout but that's okay yeah Mm -hmm. exactly yeah so my point is like you're not crying but you've sometimes you don't blink that much when you play no because i have to focus i can (laughs) i have to look at the screen to make sure i get everybody and then i'm wiping my eyes when they're doing the cut scene so i I think i missed stuff yeah I i think there's a little bit of that too i'm drying my eyes when they're giving me important information and then i miss it yeah so, I, I mean, I overall like the game, for sure. I think it does a lot of things well. It's pretty to look at. Even. It is. I agree with that. The art of it is very well done. Yeah, I like the settings and the set pieces. And it really does build on, or it lays a foundation for later games to build on. And the stories do get a little bit more intricate and easier to follow, I think, as the games progress. But we're talking about the first one right now. So we'll get to those other games. Ashley, I'm, I'm curious, with your first venture into this whole series and storyline and character, did they say his name, like his full name from the very beginning? I don't really remember. Maybe. But I did also see that YouTube video prior to playing so i was kind of exposed to the world a little bit you're talking about the uh nathan fillion i forget who put that it was like a fan thing Mm -hmm. right i mean he definitely liked the nathan drake in the game and nathan fillion man nailed it yeah yeah for sure because to me i guess that like knowing that he is nathan drake and i think they allude to it there's maybe one scene where elena's like is that your real name or did you take that on or something? But that's a little shrouded in mystery. But I guess knowing that he is Nathan Drake, I bought in easily from the very beginning that like, oh, they're searching for Francis Drake's casket or whatever, you know, buried yeah. at sea. Yep. And of course, he wants to follow his path. You know, he is either a descendant or a self-made descend- descendant of him. Mm-hmm. So of course, he wants to like uh, follow his path or whatever, track him down. And this is a good segue into just the... Let's just do the story. But I think from the very first scene, he says that he's a descendant. He's Nathan Drake and is an ancestor or something. I mm-hmm. think that it's in like the tutorial. Okay. So let's start. The game opens somewhere on the ocean, we think. Uh, it's a tutorial level. Some would say in the ocean, you know, whatever. Huh. Right. You're, yeah. You're, the game literally opens underwater. And you follow this coffin being dredged up onto this other ship 
where we see Nathan and Elena for the first time. Mm-hmm. So they open the coffin that is supposed to be Sir Francis Drake's coffin, who 400 years ago was supposed to be buried at sea. We find out the coffin was empty and inside is a diary. Okay. So okay. Sir Francis yeah. Drake's diaries in this coffin. Yeah. Sealed. Really great. Like 400 years no water Waterproof. got in. <laughs> wow. Legit. Yeah, that is true. And so, here's, again, here's the first time we meet Nathan and Elena. We get their kind of interplay. We learn that Elena is filming a documentary, There, that she's there as a part of a TV show. And I think we also learn that that is how Nathan, I think, afforded yeah. the venture, the ship and everything. Is that like Elena's television show is paying for uh-huh. uh, their dredging up of this coffin so they can film it on their TV show. Missed right. That. So what did you think of the interplay between Nate and Elena? Obviously, they don't know each other very well, right? This is their first kind of mm-hmm. like I, clearly they they just met as a part of this excursion. Yeah. Um. I don't know. This was made in 2007. This is, like you said, 13 years later. Um, a little dated, uh, I think, on their back and forth. I, I think For sure. it would be the story, and specifically Nathan and Elena's characters, I think would have been written, their dialogue would have been written completely different nowadays. Yeah, a little bit. He's a little bit brash, a little unsubtle in his uh, some of the comments that he makes. Yeah, yeah. So the vessel that they are on mm-hmm. all of a sudden starts getting attacked by pirates. So we don't really know how the pirates know they're there. Right. I don't know that we need to know. I think it's just a way for us to learn how to shoot people <laughs> and, and Which, bash people. Yeah, I think the mechanics in the tutorial could have been a little bit better. I think it went through it very quickly. It like showed you once and then you're supposed to do it. So I kind of struggled after that. Yeah. I, mean, I think I did okay, but I think once they introduced a new mechanic, they showed it once and then moved on, and you could never, like, get that prompt back up. Yeah. Unless there's a way to go back and, you know, go to the menu and look for all that stuff, but I never do that. I just struggle through mm-hmm. and then complain about I don't know what I'm doing. That does <laughs> kind of seem to be the philosophy, if you will, of the game, of, like, you're going to die a lot, mm-hmm. you're... I guess the way I play these games, I'm like, they allow you to fall off the cliff when you ac- accidentally right. make the wrong turn. Or, yeah, and we'll, yeah, we can get into those, like, weird mechanics of this game. I did like that part of it. If you did die, it didn't make you go really far back. Like, it popped you back out very close to what you were doing, so you didn't have to redo a ton of stuff. So I did really like that because I am, again, uh, I had to do some of those shootout scenes probably about 12 times before I would get it yeah um so uh, i did appreciate the fact that they popped you back out really close to whatever it was you were working on so that you didn't have to redo a ton of stuff that you'd already done mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I did i did really like that yeah okay so we take care of the pirates our ship is about to blow up mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. so then all of a sudden this seaplane lands near us called hog wild and nate and elena have to jump off the ship to avoid being blown up along with it and then the pilot of the Hogwild is, of course, Victor Sullivan, who is uh, kind of the old grizzled mentor to Nathan Drake, who comes and saves Nate and Elena from the depths of the ocean. And that sort of acts as our tutorial, right? We have the diary, and now we have Sullivan to come save us on this plane. Sullivan. Everybody kind of knows that we're in trouble, which is nice. <laughs> we must have been very public with where we were going, I think, somehow. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so then we get a cut scene where we're on the we're on the plane. No, sorry, we're we're in like port, right? Yeah, there's a three minute scene from the plane, and I think there's a cut scene first where Nathan and Sully are talking about finding the diary, 
And Sully's like, hey, let's keep the girl out of it. And then she pops. No, this is later. They're on the dock. Yeah, Sean's right. They are on the plane. My bad. Sorry, Sean. Essentially, it's just a short little scene to start to build the foundation of, like, Elena, like, she's in on something. Well, a little present from Sir Francis. Oh, oh, so you found the coffin. Wait a minute, is this what I think it is? <laughs> Drake's lost diary. He faked his death, just like I said, Sully. He must have been onto something big. Yeah, well, let's just keep that between us. All right, so after we're saved with Sullivan, we go dock at some location. Elena goes and takes a call with the with her company, telling them about the find. She's got the camera, and then she's telling them that the ship's sunk, and then hopefully, like, insurance pays for it or whatever, because <laughs> it's still the company that paid for this uh, this thing. In the meantime, Sully and Nate are having this conversation about how much does the girl know, like, you know, let's cut her out now. So we can go get the treasure for ourselves, essentially. Then they decide to leave Elena on the dock, and then they take off. Yeah, they fly away without Elena, right? They're on a boat, so they drive away. They... Oh, they're on a boat now. They're not on the plane anymore. That's Correct. Right. That's right. Yeah. Nate and Victor end up somewhere in the Amazon, based on where the diary tells them to go find El Dorado, right? Which is what we're searching for. And at this time, do we know exactly what El Dorado is? They think El Goddamn Dorado is a city. That's the name. <laughs> that city, it's of gold. Is that what city of gold. City of gold. Okay. And so they go somewhere in the Amazon in the rainforest, and we chance upon some ruins, Aztec, Incan, Mayan, I don't know, some sort of some sort of ancient ruins. Mm-hmm. And we solve some puzzles, navigate through the ruins to eventually get to the point where the idol was located originally. But the idol's not there anymore. I think that is like the first part where they're like, yeah, it wasn't a city of gold. It was one huge piece of gold that it, yeah, yeah, it was okay. this idol. Okay. And yeah. then they see that, yeah, it was moved. The Spaniards or somebody came. Yes. And why did they think it was the Spaniards again? I think based on the where it is. They find a coin. Yeah. They find a Spanish coin. Okay. And they find track, you know, cart marks. That they follow. Right, right, right. Yep. Where the idol was dragged out. Mm -hmm. So now at this point, we know that at least three parties have been interested in El Dorado. We've got Nathan, Drake, and Elena. We, uh, sorry, Nathan, Drake, and Sully. Sully. Mm -hmm. And Elena, if you count her. I think she kind of knew what was going on from the beginning. We knew Francis Drake was after the idol based on, or after the city based on his diary. And now we know the Spaniards are involved. They found it and they, and they carted it away. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's And maybe pirates? Keep count. Keep count. Well, maybe pirates are after us. We don't know why. (laughs) See? Confused. So, yeah. So then we follow the cart marks and and walk our way around the rainforest. And then we chance upon one of my favorite moments in the game where you, like, turn a corner and you find this German Mm U-boat that's been stranded by flood. You know, must have been able to get in there and then it got captured when the waters receded or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just a really really cool shot and maybe this is our fourth party that's been interested in the yeah <laughs> in the idol but um we see now that we have the german u-boat is, in, is involved so indiana jones very indiana jones yes we should go back a little bit one thing we learned when we were looking for the idol in the ancient ruins is that sully's in a bit of financial trouble mm-hmm. and when the idol's not there and they find that it's not a city of gold, Sully gets, like, pissed off, right? Like, he's right. Mm-hmm. he's frustrated because he's in debt to somebody 
And this was his way out. He was going to cash out and yep. get out of his trouble. For some reason, we decide that it's interesting to go onto the U-boat. And maybe <laughs> that maybe they know something about the treasure. Yeah, we're trying to figure out where it might have gone at this point. Yeah. This is maybe one of our first examples of Nathan Drake being like spider monkey. He's definitely a spider monkey. Like the mm-hmm. dude's got grip for days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like hanging off. It's a ninja warrior for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. So we go into the U-boat and we find a missing piece of the diary, a missing page of the diary that leads us to an island somewhere in South America, just somewhere that the idol was taken yep. initially. Right. He finds more coins, like more Spanish coins to link that the Germans found this thing. There's some link there that the Germans that found. the Germans took it from the Spaniards? The Germans found where the Spaniards took it. Mm-hmm. Okay, see? Okay. Yeah, so it's a, it is getting a little bit twisty and windy. Don't so, think too much. Okay. <laughs> I think that's kind of, yeah, forget what you know. Then on the comms, Sully stops talking to us. Right, and right. we run out of the U-boat, accidentally light a missile on fire. You know, <laughs> get into the, uh Or accidentally kick off a torpedo. We ditch the U-boat and then swim ashore to find that our main antagonists have found us are now holding Sully at gunpoint mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they want the map that we found because they overheard our whole conversation with Sully about us finding the map. So yeah. this is where we're first introduced to Gabriel Roman, who is sort of the main bad guy throughout the whole game. I don't even think I remembered his name. Like, yeah, yeah, Roman. Mm-hmm. And Antoc Navarro, who's his kind of second in command. Like um, his hired hand almost. Yeah. Throughout the whole U-boat scene, though, I love like, it's just the the banter between Nate and Sully is like, my favorite thing about these games, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. Nate's describing this captain that they found who was ripped to shreds. Yeah. And then Sully's like, sounds terrible. Take his wallet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they clearly have some rapport. So Roman is going to shoot Nate to take the map. Somehow Roman and Navarro get a hold of, of the map. Well, yeah, because there's like 15 guys there. Yeah, yeah they just take it from Automatic him. weapon. Yeah. Uh, I think Nate had given Sully the diary before he went into the U-boat to, like, keep it safe. Yeah. Which is critical. I don't know if we know that at that point, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Roman's going to shoot Nate or have Nate shot, and Sully gets mad about it, you know, tries to interfere. Then Roman ends up shooting Sully instead. The torpedo that we kicked off blows up and gives Nate an out because everybody's kind of thrown to the ground. And so we just, Nate runs away. Mm Mm-hmm. He runs through the forest and then finds Elena, who somehow tracked their progress. So now we've got Nate and Elena are running from Navarro's men and the pirates that are, you know, on the island. Yep. And Sully is presumed dead. And Sully is presumed dead, yeah. Then Nate and Elena haul ass to get out of the uh, the ruins. So, you know, all the puzzles that we went through and the, the scaffolding that fell apart now are swarming with pirates that we have to fight our way out of. Which is one of my favorite things about the Uncharted games is how you see these... Like, areas that clearly the level designers are, they designed with combat in mind, but you go through it once, and, you know, it's just a puzzle, or it's just the thing you go through, and then you're like, oh, shit, well, at some point, I'm going to be back here. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be it's gonna be going down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, anyway, so we fight our way out, and then we get on the plane with Elena, and then we escape the island on the plane, knowing where to go for the next piece of the treasure. Yeah. Right, with that sheet yeah. that he found on the boat. Yep. Yeah. So then with Elena, we are on our way to the island. 
and our plane engine goes out. Yeah. And we have to ditch the plane. So Elena jumps out first with her parachute. And then Nate follows. So now the two are separated and Nathan Drake's all by himself. Plane crashes and we end up on in the jungle somewhere on this island where we spend the rest of the game. Yeah. So then we embark on a quest to find the wreckage of the plane. And this is my least favorite part of the game by a mile. Sure. <laughs> First off, getting to the plane, it takes like... Takes a while. It takes a long time. You have to go through like 100 enemies or something. All these pirates are already swarming the island. Presumably because... So now the pirates are back? The pirates are here because they took the map from us, right? So they know where to go. The pirates are... The pirates are hired by Roman. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so all the bad guys are a part of the same bad guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this was the point where I was playing on crushing difficulty because I hadn't gotten the platinum yet. Ah. And I wanted to get the platinum. And like halfway through this, I'm like... Screw it. I was dying like 50 times yeah. you know, without getting past it. I'm like, all right, I'm going down hard and I'm just going to finish this freaking game. <laughs> so eventually we get to the shipwreck plane. What's he looking for in the ship or in the, the plane? He is, he gets something. Is it the map or the so diary? He, did, he didn't have it in his pocket, whatever that piece was that he found in the boat. Yeah, I think the, the missing piece of the diary, which was the map, was like splayed out over the um, dashboard of the plane okay. or whatever. So okay. he, so he needs to go back wasn't and able to that. grab it before he left. Or and something. at the same time, he's also still looking. He's looking for where Elena landed, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's looking for Elena. He's not just like, peace out. You're on your own. Hope you landed safely. He's right. looking for her. Yeah. So wait, let's go back to this map thing. How if, so if we have the map, how did all the bad guys get on this island? I don't know, maybe it's just close by and right. the process of elimination. There was something <laughs> in the plane that we grabbed, and I can't remember what it was. The story yeah. takes us where we need to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't ask right. too many questions. <laughs> you're right. Okay, so Roman and Navarro had the coordinates needed to get to the island, but we had the treasure map of the island. So uh, not that confusing in retrospect. Yeah, we find the plane, take something, and that's when Nate sees the... Or search it for something, whatever. Yeah, and then Nate sees the uh, parachute on the Spanish fortress up in the distance, and he sees Elena's parachute blowing in the wind off of a tower. Yep. And so that's our next mission, is to find out, you know, find Elena. Yep. But I think why it's important, Sean, is like to Ashley's original point of why are we going where we need to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is like all relevant yeah. to why we... See? You know, why are we going back to the plane? Yeah. What do we need to get there for? Yeah. I guess my (laughs) comment is it wasn't important enough for me to remember what what happened, but I guess I I think it made enough sense to me in gameplay. And I think here's where we get into the differences between me and you, Sean, who've played games like this in the past, and Ashley, who this is like her first time with this kind of game. Yeah. As we're kind of conditioned to be like, who the fuck cares? Just go. We're just going to go on to the next thing and fight the bad guys so we right, can move on yeah. with the levels. And I really need to know why uh-huh. I'm going where I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, and so yeah. I think that is, it is kind of sure. important. Yeah, it's because we hit that cutscene. And the camera zoomed in up at the plane, and you're like, okay. That's where I'm going next. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yep. exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we fight our way through more bad guys. Because right now, at this point, he's kind of venturing through, it's kind of what looks to be like large courtyard areas. 
right? Yeah, yeah. Like overgrown. Yeah. There was some grassy overgrown or... courtyards to get to where that parachute is, which is really pretty. The overgrown fortress essentially was a nice aspect, nice landscape to the gameplay. And we're getting hints. There was a, there's somebody lived right, here, right? right? Like this isn't just some abandoned island. Like right. they, they had time to build a yeah. courtyard and yeah. things out of stone because we didn't know there that was really. Something. Yeah. I mean, I guess right when we landed, there's like a fountain that we landed in, but with okay. a statue. But mm-hmm. until that, we're just kind of in the jungle for the rest of the time until we get to these places. So we work our, we you know, fight our way past these gates of bad guys. And this is where the game does that thing that a lot of people dislike about it, where they send you waves of enemies and they don't let you progress until that wave is done. Yeah. And then they send you another wave of enemies and like, you just can't go anywhere until you just get through all the waves. I did Mm -hmm. appreciate the fact that they did really use music to cue you into when something was coming or to cue you to when your wave was over. Yeah. Cause that was very helpful because for me, I don't like to be spooked, especially when those bad guys jump out at you and start shooting. <laughs> so it was very helpful for that music to cue in. So then I could like mentally prepare for a second that, okay, stuff's coming. I got to gear up. Yeah. And then it was done and I knew I could take a breather and recollect before something else happened. So I, I did like how the game did that. Yeah, definitely. The music is a uh, power crucial, of music, right? Mm-hmm. Figuring out when you can. Pop out and get more ammo, right? Or for my case, wipe my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) We then make our way to the fortress that we saw from the distance. And it's a cool shot where you like walk up to the fortress and it's just this huge brick wall that Mm -hmm. like you've, you know, your character is like super tiny. Nathan Drake's like very small. And again, it does the nice job of highlighting things on the wall that you can climb to. Yeah, I thought that, I thought it did a decent job of that, of helping you signposting, draw attention to where you needed to jump to. Yep. So we scale the side of this fortress to get into it. And, you know, there's not much unique here other than that we're fighting, again, more and more waves of bad guys. And we're fighting our way through the fortress to find Elena's parachute. We get there, fight more bad guys. Then we find Elena, who mm-hmm. is got that video camera. And she's filming. Well, she's not where her parachute was, though, right? No, no, she's just like having she's a ball. Out. She's just getting yeah. great footage. You're like, we just had to scale a bunch of like crazy ass stuff. <laughs> How are you on the third floor of that decrepit building? Right, because you get up to the top of that tower, and she's not connected to her parachute. You look out into the distance, and yeah, you see her just sightseeing. Also, we just killed. We had to like mow down fifty people. Already. Yeah. yeah. And she's yeah. And she's just unharmed. living the dream. I, I think I, I don't know. Did you guys have this at all? I think at this point it was in this like wave of, I don't know, second part of the game, I guess, if you think of it in like three-ish kind of parts, this like middle part. I had a, like a little sneaking suspicion that I was like, is Elena in on this? Is this going to be a big reveal that like Elena's actually mm-hmm. A part of Roman's crew or something, because I'm like, how is she getting around? I thought she was just the luckiest (laughs) duck in all the land for never having, you know, never got stuck in those courtyards with waves of enemies like uh, Nathan did. But I I had that feeling about Sully. I still have that feeling about Sully. I think he's up to no good. I don't trust him. I think it's I think it's for sure that Sully is up to no good. But whether or not I don't trust him, (laughs) whether or not he's got nefarious intent you know um 
But we end up in a tower where we see Elena just mm-hmm. filming, sightseeing. And then we see like two bad guys that got their Near sights her. on her. Yeah. So this yeah. is our first first moment of kind of panic for Elena. That was, a, yeah, kind of the first time where yeah. you kind of see that he has some other interest in her. Right. And then while we're up in this tower, we also, we can see across the bay, like across the island to a city that has some ships that sunk. Yeah. And so Nathan puts together like, oh, the idol never left the island. Like all these ships are sunk. There's, you know, it has to be here somewhere. Yeah. And so he kind of, he doesn't have the diary anymore. So he's piecing all these together based on environmental clues. And then that's when he sees Elena. And then we kind of take out the guys who are threatening Elena. We take out one of the guys. The other guy turns and blows us up. (laughs) And then we get captured by the pirates. Yeah. Yes. So we're in jail. This is where we meet Eddie Raja for the first time, who's uh, some sort of pirate leader. Again, yeah, I think just adding Another? to the confusion of... Who's this guy now? Yeah, why? Why do we need him? Exactly. Yes. So Eddie Raja is a former colleague of Nathan Drake's. You get from that conversation that they mm-hmm. work together. Frenemy or something, yeah. A frenemy, kind yeah, of? Yeah, yeah. But he has been hired by Navarro. I don't know that we know that now, but we find this out later. That he was hired by Navarro to keep Nathan in check and to kind of secure the island while they do their thing. So he was hired to keep Nathan away while the other party searches for the idol? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's why all the pirates are after us right? in particular. So, and then he's pretty much going to kill us or something in this, in this jail cell. It's not going good for Nathan Drake. Mm-hmm. The things are, things are looking grim. And this is my, I think my favorite moment in the game is where Elena, she sees that we're in jail and she's on the other side of the cell window bars. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not a big time treasure hunter like you, but I doubt you're going to find El Dorado in there. How'd you get yourself in this mess? trying to rescue you as a matter of fact oh that's so sweet and then she uh she's got like a wench on her truck or something yeah she so we're talking with eddie raja he's threatening us you know he's got he's like puffing his chest out like he's like got us all under control and then in the background you just see elena like wrap a thing around the, the window <laughs> bars <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the, the back wall blows out and then we hop on the truck and then and then you escape hear, the Spanish fortress. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so Elena's driving the Jeep. And this was a different gameplay element that was kind of introduced in this little chapter. Yep. Elena's driving the Jeep. You've got a gun with grenades on it somehow. Something. Yeah. Um like yeah, and, machine gun and grenade launcher or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all of Eddie Raj's guys are after you on this Jeep. And then so you uh, you make your way across the island, taking out their cars that are coming after you, the motorcycles. and Yeah, I did like this part of the, the gameplay. It felt like you're on like a Disney ride when you're, <laughs> you know, yep. going through the jungle yep. and up and down and sideways and trying yep. to, to shoot them as they are coming after you. So I, I did like this part of it. I recently went back and played this on Crushing because I got frustrated. Gotta get that, that platinum. Um, gotta get that platinum. So, <laughs> um, and boy, oh boy, if you don't, if you don't take care of these like motorcycles right when you see them, yeah. then you're dead. I mean, it's they like get up instantly yeah. they, they flank you and it's uh, and they can't reach them and it's a bad day for you. <laughs> 
So you get out of the jungle or you get through this part. Yeah, the Jeep ends up at a point where like the bridge stops, you know? Yeah, like, a the, cliff we, or we, something. We come to a cliff and Eddie Raja corners us and we fall off the cliff on purpose <laughs> to get away from him and all of his goons. And we enter into this drowned, what's called the drowned city, right? So this port town that is mostly underwater, right? Right. Yep. Which was the goal of Nathan Drake's to begin with. That to get by the boat. To get by the ships to where, again, where Eldorado, where he thinks Eldorado is. What are his motivations? Do you think his motivations are like, they killed Sully. I got to get the treasure in his honor. Or if he's just like addicted to the treasure hunting, like at no point does he consider like giving up. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I think he just feels that familial connection to Francis Drake. I mean, I think it's, it's Eldorado. That's like the most famous, elusive treasure there is, right? In the lore of the world. I think Ashley's onto it too, that, that he's got that connection to Francis Drake. And so he mm-hmm. he wants to know what happened to him and, and beat these other guys yeah. to it. I think that's where Nathan Drake is different from Indiana Jones. I think Nathan Drake is a treasure hunter. Like, he is a treasure finder. He is not, like, an archaeologist who has, like, the, for the historical merits of it all. No, Nate, Nate wants money. Yeah, like, yeah, he is in it for the treasure and, like you guys said, the yeah ancestral thing. And maybe the notoriety, too. I think we get that in later games, that he, like, likes to be sure. the one to find the treasure. Like, you know, he's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's a bit of a compulsion for him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which, again, and we do see that later. All right, the Drowned City. Well, I think this is a really cool setting, too. Like, you've got this The setting old, is cool. Just crap the town. We take out some bad guys, and we've run up to a jet ski. <laughs> Yup. Which we needed. I think we need to talk about the jet ski. I hated it. It was the worst gameplay mechanic of the game, I think. I don't know. I would agree. The idea is cool. And I like that, you know, you're Elena. You take over Elena in this case, like shooting her rocket launcher. And it's kind of nice to have unlimited rockets. And that's cool. Sure. But just the way that that jet ski handles, it's like a roller coaster that I got on thinking I was going to like. And mm-hmm. then as soon as the thing took off, I'm like, get me off of this thing. Yeah. And then they added <laughs> rapids into it. Yeah. Yeah. Later. Later. yeah. And they're like, oh, that's not, that's not challenging enough. Here you go. Well, and the barrels are floating barrels in yep. the, the water <laughs> of something flammable. Yeah. Once you kind of got the controls of the jet ski down, you felt like powerful because you're literally shooting a rocket launcher around at these all these bad guys. It was not hard to take out the bad guys. Right. You know what I mean? You just had to get close to them and then you'd see them fly off into the water. And It was so jumpy to me, though, right? Because you were like, you know, like forward stop, mm-hmm. shoot, forward stop, shoot, forward stop, shoot. Oh, try to back up, you know. Yeah. It was rough. Uh, it, was it was rough. Not yeah, that took a while. They did not. I don't think in any of the games in the future, I don't think that the, the jet ski ever makes a reappearance. No. <laughs> so. But eventually we make our way to like the area where the ships had sunk. We run into obstacles along throughout the city that we have to get off and figure out how to get past and, mm-hmm. and um, yada, yada, yada. But we get to the point where the what's called the customs house, which again is close to where the ships sunk. Nate and Elena find more records uh, that were kept. These Spaniards, mm, very detailed record keepers. I appreciate that as a treasure <laughs> hunter. And we, they find a log that indicates that the idol never left the island, that instead it was taken upriver and further inland. Yeah. And so our quest continues. Don't we also find a picture 
of Eldorado at that time. Yeah, I think that they do have like a sketch of what Eldorado looks like on this log. Yeah, you're right. And then so we fight our way out of the customs house. I'm telling you, man, I don't know what it pays to be a pirate, but it must be pretty good because there are all kinds of pirates. Yeah. Never ending. Never ending <laughs> supply of pirates on mm-hmm. this island. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. This is Brandon cutting in to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by, well, us, the Uncredible Gamers. At the moment, the Uncredible Gamers is something the three of us are just doing for a bit of fun, but we hope to grow that into something a bit, well, bigger. And right now, the best way for you to help us do that is by clicking subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and by following us on Twitter at UncredibleGamer, no S. Thanks again for listening, and now, back to the show. So we fight our way out of the customs house, and then we split with Elena. And this is where one of like the most the most difficult shootouts for me it takes place. There's a point where we're like on the side of this house, this mansion looking thing, and we're running across the crumbling like balcony. And then we get to a point where we get on the spiral staircase where at the bottom yeah. is just like waves after waves of these enemies with guns that will kill you in one shot if you're on hard or crushing like I was. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know. This was it was just tough. It was mm-hmm. a tough spot for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to do it at least 10 times. Yeah. And then you've got one of those big uh, stand machine guns. Yeah. That if you just a little bit get Gatling out of gun cover. Or whatever. Yeah. Gatling gun. Yeah. If they just a little bit get out of cover, they take you out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, I just need to call this section out as like a little asterisk for being extremely difficult. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. So we get through this part, meet back up with Elena, who again is a magician. Who is able to just like get to us without having to go through the the bad guys that we get to? Yep. Um, but she has taken footage of an alive Victor Sullivan working with Roman and Navarro. Yeah. See, Sully's up to no good. Son of I feel a bitch. It. So Ashley, you know, she had it pegged. Elena doesn't trust Sully now because of this. But Nate, you know, Nate knows something's going on, and he doesn't. He doesn't believe it. Mm-hmm. So again, our goal is inland. So we fight our way through some more enemies throughout the customs house. There's a scene where like the bridge that Elena and Nate walk over collapse. And it's kind of a nice moment where Nate saves Elena. And you're, you know, they're starting to develop a bit of a relationship, I think, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. throughout this. And we walk up to the jet ski again. <laughs> Stupid river. Starting the, the, the most difficult jet ski part, which is where they add in, as Sean mentioned earlier, a current. You know, where we have to fight against the river and barrels of explosive material. Like, yep. so explosive, if we hit it with our jet ski, it's going to blow. Yeah, <laughs> the only blow. note I have on this chapter is stupid river, so. <laughs> stupid river. Yeah, the uh, pirate's comm system also must be pretty great. I understand the barrels in the sunken city, you know, I think that's just good. Like, let's just have these barrels in case anybody comes snooping around. But now you got these guys dumping barrels down this river. <laughs> like, they're they're waiting for us. They know we're coming. Like, jeez. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We work our way up the river past this, like, settlements of these bad guys who are, again, like like you mentioned, dumping these barrels down river for us to, to take care of. Eventually, we get past them, and we end up at the monastery, which maybe, Sean, you would call this, like, Act 3 starts. Yeah. Yeah. Probably 3A, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. 3A. Yeah. I looked up what a monastery was. I don't think I knew. Like, 
I kind of roughly knew that it was something religious or mm-hmm. something, you know, uh, uh, spiritual. But it's literally like a compound for monks and religious people to live at and study. And right. so there's like a library, there's a church, there's all these different buildings. And so this must have been a Spanish monastery that was built for the, I guess they were just keeping the idol here. They made, the Spaniards made the choice to move the idol inland. They had a log of that. So then the Spaniards moved the idol to keep it here at this monastery, which was, I think, where we'll find out why we have booby traps and puzzles and things to sort out. Like, you know, I think that those were probably designed by the Spaniards to keep the idol secure at some point, right? Yeah. And this is also where we run into Roman's bad guys. So we kind of leave behind the pirates and we meet these jackbooted thugs that yeah. you know, heavy Roman artillery. has hired, which have guns with scopes on them now. There's, you know, yeah. like, like pistols with scopes on them, bigger machine guns that take you out faster. And, and the monastery is a bit spooky crawling with all these guys. We also walk past a dead guy who was like fell into some trap made up of sections of our airplane. And it looks like he's been, like, eaten or something. Like, he looks bad. Do you guys remember right. this? Right. Yeah, vaguely. That sounds familiar. This is before we reach the monastery, as we're walking to the monastery from the, uh, from the river. So we get our first little hint that something spooky's going on. Like, something's not right. Mm-hmm. Like, the mercenaries wouldn't have built this booby trap out of parts from an airplane. And also, the monastery gets, like, super confusing for me when I, when I have to, like, talk about why we were doing what we were doing. Oh, yeah. It's like a maze. If you probably plotted out how Nathan Drake maneuvers the monastery, it's like this twisted, weird map where we're underground, we're above ground. We're... For sure, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so I think the, the key takeaways here are that we're fighting these mercenaries now, trying to get to the idol, <laughs> but we don't know how, right? We make our way to the library, which is, again, full of these mercenaries. And also we've got Roman and Navarro and uh, Sully. So mm-hmm. we see Sully is alive and is helping Navarro and Roman. Yeah. So Sully sends these guys. He tells them, like, okay, the treasure's here. Go. You got to go there. And yeah. it's somewhere away. And then Nate comes in and takes care of the, the bad guys and reunites with Sully, who tells him that the only reason he's alive is because he had his diary in the pocket where Roman shot him. And the bullet... Sure. The, <laughs> the diary stopped the bullet. Well, that's a story, as he's, as he's saying. Well, if you, if you look at, because in the future we get to the diary. We look at the diary for different puzzles, and there's a bullet hole in the, okay. In okay. the yeah, pages, which is, I think is kind of cool. It is cool and un- unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. I guess maybe whatever the material that Francis Drake used was great, yeah. So once we take out the guys in the library, like we said, we were reunited with Sullivan and then we get our first, like, not our first, but our second puzzle. We have a puzzle earlier on with the Aztecs and it's like, clearly somebody's designed these puzzles to keep the idol safe. Mm-hmm. Or to and, keep people from getting to it, however you want to look at it, right? Yeah. Now, one of the plot holes, I think, is that the, pu- the answer to the puzzle or the solution to the puzzle is in the diary. Yeah. But the diary was found in this coffin that Sir Francis Drake planted before he actually died, right? Yep. And so there's kind of like a time plot hole to me. And I don't know. I might be not thinking about this right, but mm-hmm. I don't know how mm-hmm. you would have the answers to these puzzles before he gets on if, the island. If he and died we on later the island. That, yeah. And we learned later that he never got off the island, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway. 
but forget what you know, I think, and it's <laughs> it's all okay. <laughs> yeah. So we solve the puzzle, and then we there's like a door that gets us below the monastery. Mm-hmm. Spend some time down below the monastery. We come back up in the church. Meanwhile, by the way, these mercenaries are everywhere. Yeah, somehow they figured it out to get down they, there. Yeah, they figured it all out already. <laughs> so, Who do they work for again? Roman. Everybody works for Roman right now. So he's got pirates and he's got these other guys. Yeah. These mercenaries are like direct hires from Roman. So they're mm-hmm. like his guys. The they're the ones pirates, that have like the laser pointed yeah. guns. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The pirates are subcontract work. <laughs> yes. So he hired a guy that hired the pirates. Okay. Check out. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. All right. We need to investigate his... Tax release, tax forms. Roman is a yeah. Roman's a well-connected guy who has a lot of money somehow. <laughs> He's got a lot of Victor's money apparently because that's who Victor. Right. I don't know well, that we mentioned that, but we find that out with like by the U-boat for the first time that Roman is the guy that Victor's in debt to. Right. Yep. Yeah. So that's I guess that's kind of critical. Okay, so we spend some time below the monastery, then we go to the. Uh, church so at this point where are nathan and Sully trying to get to so nathan's by himself underneath the you know underneath the monastery and then Sully's not with him Sully's not with him no where'd Sully go Sully and elena are hanging out by themselves i don't know i think nate went through the the secret door and then it shut behind him okay and cut him off from Sully and elena right Nathan and Elena did something together because of that point, yeah, where they, like, got into the door and then it was trapped, like a booby trap. And Nathan pushed Sully to, like, save him because he thought it was mm-hmm. a trap. And then, like, the two of them. Or is that later? That's later because okay. this is, yeah, that, that's right before we get to the treasure vault. And this is all working towards the treasure vault. Oh, okay. So, long story short, we're, like, wrapping around the monastery. And I think that the, like, the path kind of is winding around to point us to where the treasure vault is, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. we don't know where the treasure vault is, and so, like, right, we have to follow right. these clues. It's like a maze, right? you got to solve the maze to the very end. And we end up winding through the church, and then we go to the—we end up on the second story of the church. Yes. And then we're on this, like, scaffolding and jumping around the—what mm-hmm. the, uh, do you call them? Chandeliers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then we get to that puzzle, kind of a puzzle, where we hang from the keys— Yep. And then that opens the window pane and then we jump on the window pane and then there's like one open window that points us directly to where the treasure vault's at. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then turns out, haha, that's where Sully accidentally sent Roman and Navarro. <laughs> like yeah, when to try to get of, them away. When he thought he was yeah, just giving them wrong information yeah. to yeah. buy time. Yeah. So we fight our way there. Now Sully and Elena they create a diversion and pull the other yeah. guys away from there, mm-hmm. and we get to the treasure vault. Somehow, Sully and Nate are, or Sully and Lena are there before us, which is a sure. kind of a <laughs> cool thing. Yep, these guys are they're magic. I think. Yes, we do another puzzle here where we have to like orient the all the things up yeah. and down. So that like it's very similar to what we did in the library, right? There's, yeah, there's different mm-hmm. symbols. Yeah, and now here's here's where we do the thing where yeah. Nate and Elena make it through, and Sully gets caught off. I think. Yeah. So this is where the treasure vault is, 
and we go like underground and there's this huge like labyrinth of and boy it's cavernous yeah it is huge right yeah yeah it's like like a it's like a burger king play place down there with all the (laughs) different levels of ropes and you know (laughs) the spaniards version of a burger king play place yeah (laughs) the hamburglers hanging out right you know Oh, that's McDonald's, man. That's McDonald's. <laughs> the hamburger was McDonald's? Yeah. Oh, the, I guess Burger the King's King is just the king, the king, I think. Either way, a play place. <laughs> has, have there, has there been a better mascot than the Burger King king? It's just this dude with a gigantic head on the <laughs> ground, and it's the king? You know what I'm talking about. Vegas. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Oh, my God. It's great. I mean, Ronald McDonald, though. That's an idol. Where's he been, though? He's, he's around. I don't think so. I think, Wait. People, are, I think people are like clowns. Are out. Well, you know. Ronald is out. <laughs> Either way, we're in this big old play place of <laughs> yeah. stairs and rope yeah. bridges and And I guess you could count the, did you guys did you understand this puzzle when you like first came across it? Like how Not, to solve it? Because there's yes. it's based on numbers, right? Like if you look left there is a number, if you look straight there is a different number, and to the right there is another number, and you basically had to go where the numbers matched or something yeah yeah you see the roman numerals and nathan's like this is familiar and he pulled out like the map the original map that like led them to the island and then there are roman numerals two five and seven yeah something right so those are like the good numbers those are the numbers you want to follow yeah yeah so yeah yeah and this whole thing's like a platforming exercise. I don't know how many times I jumped off being slightly angled the wrong way or something when I wanted yeah. to make a jump and like, mm-hmm. Nate, Nate, no! Everything goes yep. gray. And- yep. mm-hmm. This was a cool part of the game, though, since it was a, a different landscape than we had previously seen. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And I like thinking that the Spaniards must have known, like, something ain't right. So we got to really build some fucked up ass puzzles to keep yes. people from getting to it i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and that's this is our first spotting right of something they... yeah yeah the camera like they want you to kind of look in certain ways and it zooms in and you see just movement yeah i'm totally missed that yeah i think you happened to be in the room when i was brandon when i was playing this scene and you're like did you see that and i was like see what <laughs> so i totally missed what they were hinting at me to look at Yes. So I, I miss that. That functionality of the game was a little hit or miss, I think. Yeah. Of right. like, focus on the thing we want you to see. Didn't if you blink, you're going to miss work. it. Yeah. Yeah. Or it wasn't clear necessarily what they were having yeah. you look at. Mm-hmm. Like the clue, the clue aspect. If, if you got stuck, I did like if you got stuck for too long, it would prompt you. It would yeah. draw your attention to an area you needed to look at. But sometimes it, it was, was not very helpful at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, this is a blank wall. What am I looking at? Yeah. But anyways, so, so you get through this maze of leveled bridges and stuff. Yeah. At some point throughout this maze, you end up, and maybe I'm mistaking this with somewhere else that we were underground at, but at some point you have a cutscene of Roman like berating Navarro about hiring Raja. <laughs> so this is where mm-hmm. we connect all of the bad guys. Yeah, And, like, Eddie Raja is freaking out because there's something on the island, something's after his men, and then Romans just basically say, Remind me again why you employed that superstitious idiot. You wanted someone cheap. <laughs> well, you get what you pay for, I suppose. And what about you, Navarro? Are you worth what I'm paying you? The vault's here. I'm sure of it. 
If Sullivan can be trusted... Which he can't. Look, he knows we'll kill him if he's lying. Don't be stupid. He knows we'll kill him once we find the treasure. He has no incentive to tell the truth. Really, Navarro, sometimes I think you left your brains back in that slum where I found you. So Roman's pissed off at Navarro. I think that might have been earlier, but... See, I we, thought that was later. That. Either way. Now we're in, like, kind of continuing on this, like, cavernous puzzle thing. And I hated this part because, like, the game takes away all the tools that they gave you to play with before, like cover. Like, there's no cover anywhere. And you're mm-hmm. just flanked on all sides by these bad guys. So you're just getting shot at, right? Yeah, at some point you just had to run. Yeah, I mean, like, you're... Mm-hmm. But, like, on hard and crushing, like... Yeah. You take you a couple of shots and you're yeah, dead. Right. So it's like you can't just run. So yeah. the, the way that they taught you to play the game all the way up until this point, they're like, all right, now we're going to take away all those tools. Yeah. And good luck. I could, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. And so, yeah, it was a little bit tedious, I guess, playing this level. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But we end up in this like catacomb place where we see the body of Sir Francis Drake. Mm-hmm. And why does he think that's him again? Because he's something is wearing. Yes. He knows somehow. Yeah. How does he know? Did he have like a necklace? Well, so Nate is wearing the, Nate's got the ring. Yeah. But he's got, he's, he wears a ring on his necklace. Right. Like Frodo. Right. But Francis and Drake doesn't have a matching one or something. I don't know. That's a good question. I forget what it was. There's some indicator for yeah. him to think he that it was something him. and says, this is, you know, this is Francis Drake. So Nate was able to identify Francis Drake from the corpse because the corpse still kind of looked like Francis Drake. Beard included. So then then, he's disheartened to find out that he never left the right. island. Yes, right. Yeah. So now Nate's like sad because Sir Francis Drake, this famed treasure hunter mm-hmm. who he looks up to, looks up to or is yeah. related to or whatever, didn't make it off the island with the treasure. Or, yeah. And didn't like succeed. Nate takes this like he failed. Mm-hmm. Nate, like mm-hmm. Francis Drake failed. Now he has like three seconds to mourn before mm-hmm. Raja busts in the back. Mm-hmm. Somehow. Yeah. Freaked out and like things are after it. Now we're introduced to the descendants i think is what they're called officially okay um they're these zombie-like creatures this did not make any sense to me (laughs) i mean i i get where they're going but at this point it's like okay i'm on this island it's pretty there's trees there's pirates now there's zombies (laughs) what Mm -hmm. this kind of fits in with the indiana jones ish formula right which indiana jones in indiana jones not so much zombies, but mm, supernatural things. Yeah. Like Indiana Jones, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's the same thing. He's going after this treasure. He's racing the Nazis to get to the treasure. Mm. Um, once they reach the treasure, then they find out, oh, it's the Ark of the Covenant, and it holds some power of God in it. Mm-hmm. And the- gotcha. The arc's open and kills a bunch of bad guys, right? Spoilers gotcha. for Rage of the Lost Ark, which is a 40-year-old movie. I was just going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for the record, I know that Indy knew he was looking for the arc the whole time, uh, but I think I meant to just compare the supernatural element, the supernatural surprise element at the end of Indiana Jones with the supernatural surprise element at the end of Uncharted. And so, yeah, there, you know, there are like those supernatural elements. Mm-hmm. But, By the um, way, apparently they're zombies now. So that's cool. And again, <laughs> you get into a situation where like they're coming from all sides and you basically have a shotgun. And uh, yeah. to those uh, listening at home, I don't like zombies. It's not my cup of tea. I don't watch <laughs> the, I don't like the 
shows or I tried playing. What was that one game I tried playing? So, yeah, a little bit of background behind the curtain things. We were going to play Walking Dead. I tried. <laughs> I tried, guys. I just didn't. I just couldn't get past the first couple of scenes with the zombies. Yeah, it was about 15 minutes. I can't in. watch commercials with zombies in them. I just can't do it. Anyways, but I powered through this. You did. I think that technically these guys are... Again, they're called the Descendants. I mean, call so, them what you want. I don't know that they're. I Take don't know a that picture, dead. they match. Yeah. Anyways, so the way that I found it described on the internet is that the idol, which we come to find out later, mm-hmm. has some sort of pathogenic virus, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And it turns people into these things. Now, what I think is interesting, they call they're called the Descendants. Officially, which maybe indicates to me that these aren't like the same Spaniards from a hundred years ago, hundreds of years ago, that instead maybe it's a new species of something. A new species, yes, exactly. Has procreated. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's more the intent. It's never made clear. I don't think But we we find out later Nathan does say something about it. We do think they are the Spaniards. The Spaniards, they never left. But they did somehow. Yeah, yeah but it could have, that still could just be like, you know. There's a combination of things going on. Yeah, but he could be referring to the Spaniards in terms of like that group of, you know, like the Spaniards colonized this area. Like they never got off the island or they, Those mm-hmm. Spaniards never left. They just, this is like the fifth or tenth generation of those Spaniards that are these weird, aggressive things. I don't know, I don't know about that. So I don't know. I think that's maybe what the intent was. It's not super important, but I think it's kind of an interesting little detail. Uh-huh. So anyways, you're underground, though, at this point. So you're, like, in these catacombs. You're fighting off these bad guys. Eddie Raja is, like, taken over the edge by one of them. Nathan goes and tries to save his old friend who's been trying to kill him the whole game because, you know, Nate, heart of gold. Right. Nate has killed hundreds of his men, too, so I guess, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's, <laughs> maybe, maybe there's blood on both sides. Mm-hmm. But um, the descendants get Raja... So one of our three main bad guys is gone now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pirate King is dead. Elena has escaped. She climbed up something mm-hmm. and is working on like getting us a rope to get out of the catacombs because it's like we're like surrounded on all sides, right? Yeah. Yep. At this point, she's kind of sectioned off from the chaos that is yep. the zombie people. And so we just have to, we keep fighting them until Elena saves us. So yeah, then we climb the rope. She throws you a rope or something. She throws yeah. us the rope. We climb the rope. And then we start running away. And then these things are chasing us. And this is kind of a cool gameplay moment where, again, it's like introduced to us the first time. Like, oh, here, shoot over your shoulder while you're running yeah, away. I don't know how to do mm-hmm. that. Well, I, missed, yeah. I missed that mechanic. And then I saw you do it when you were playing. And I was like, hey, how are you doing that? <laughs> and then you had to tell me. And I, yeah, I still, I think I did it a but couple I th- times. But yeah, I, I missed you- that mechanic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you only do it in that one little scene. And then you, well, then you were telling me, reload, reload your gun. It's like, I don't know how to do that. How do I do that? that so was, I missed all those things. Yeah. Uh, that was my, uh, you learned how to reload though. Cause that was my job was I would be like, all right, reload. All right, reload. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I didn't know that that was a thing that I could do. I yeah. didn't know how to switch my guns. I didn't know how to reload right. until Brandon's like little birdie on my shoulder. Uh, helping me along R1? when I got to the zombies. R1? <laughs> <laughs> R1? <laughs> I did not blink at all in this these few chapters. Yeah. <laughs> so so we escaped that little treasure vault and make our way directly into the bunker. 
which is like we we open this big steel door, close it behind us, so we're saved from these bad guys. And then we turn and we look, and there's this like Nazi bunker that yep. is fully constructed. There's a U-boat that has sunk, but there's a, like steel pipes. It's concrete. I mean, it's like you know this infrastructure. Thing is, yeah. Is this the bunker or is this like the control room? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, there's like control room overlooking this like U-boat, and then, right, right. Because it's like glass. Yeah, like you glass, can see yeah. out into the water, which yeah. is pretty because it's like sunset. So yeah, it's kind of a pretty scene. Yeah, so I yeah, love we the, see this kind of high, not high tech, but we see this control room that is mechanical in nature. Clearly not designed by the Spaniards. Let's say that. No. So Elena's like, I can't make that jump. The only way out is to jump out of a window and like jump on a pipe and climb our way around the top of the area. Like there's no way down without mm-hmm. dying, I guess. And Elena's like, I can't make that. So I just got to stay here. And so then Nate and Elena separate again. This whole story is like Nate and Elena are together and then they're not. Yeah. Then they're together. Then they're not. Yeah, and he's, so, he's, he's going to, like, the generator room to, like, turn power back on so that they can, like, open doors and, yeah. I think, like, actually get out. She's like, you go turn on these generators and then we can take the elevator down. Right, because our motivation changed now. Our motivation was find, find the idol, find Francis Drake's treasure. Now our motivations, we found Francis Drake. Get out he didn't make it. Mm-hmm. get the fuck out like, right. that's our goal right, right now yeah mm-hmm. so nathan like climbs across the top of this big open room with the u-boat at the bottom which is cool it's a cool scene like at one point you're like hanging from pipes over the u-boat as mm-hmm. you look down mm-hmm. i like that a lot mm-hmm. and then you jump and then you enter this german bunker that's just swarming with these descendants because now it's a german is these, this, this, this always is been Na- german? these are nazis yeah okay i think they're nazis it doesn't make that clear but the Nazis well, were there after is, this kind of stuff in the There was German pistols in the area, right? So now we're led to believe that this was German-occupied yeah. area. Yeah. And it ties right? in that original, yeah. like, the first U-boat thing of, like, yeah, okay, they they found it, obviously. Yeah, this yeah. is confusing. But, yes, yeah, so now we're in a, some so type of underground. So at this point in the game, we've had, again, the ancient Mayans had the idol. The Spaniards found it. Sir Francis Drake found it. The Germans found it. Nate's looking for it. Navarro's looking for it. That's like six groups of people that we're trying to keep track of that are after this idol throughout history. And so it's, you know, it's complicated for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So throughout the bunk, I mean, again, the whole whole point of this bunker is to get the power back on, like Sean mentioned, to get out. Mm -hmm. And it's terrifying. Like the game turns into a horror game Mm -hmm. for like these two levels or whatever. Yes. Like yeah. It's dark. There's no light. I think I was saving after every corridor so I wouldn't have to redo anything. <laughs> and like, yeah, I mean, you were, you were like making noises that were like, you know, I was worried. <laughs> I was in battle. That I was going to, you Those know, are my battle cries. Traumatize you. <laughs> it was your battle cries? Those are my <laughs> battle cries. <laughs> hey, you know, whatever works. <laughs> And so eventually we get the power back on, fight off these bad guys. I think it is a nice little touch that the, I think it's an MP40 or something. I don't know what the name of the gun was, but it was like a German yep. machine gun that they used in World War mm-hmm. II, like as everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was effective against these things. Which yeah. It was like more effective against these things than anything else was. You could hold a ton of ammo with those. Yeah. 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 And there's just like moments where you're just like in these large rooms and they're coming from everywhere. They're like crawling out of pipes. They're they crawling are. off of walls. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this, this is, is this, this is really after hard. you. Yeah, after you turn on the generator, and then like 
an alarm goes off. Yeah. Uh, oh, and like gets everybody to you, right? Yeah, that, and then they're like, that's why they're swarming you. Right. Mm-hmm. So on our way out, after we turn the power on, we go past this projector that mm-hmm. was that was set up. Yeah, and is like it had a movie, and it was so it's clearly the Nazis had this idol in their possession, which is El Dorado, right? Which is El Dorado, and it's, it's a video of one of their soldiers that has like turned. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's like chained up, and he's got the black don't, eyes. Don't we see him feral. turn? Feral? Yes, feral. Feral is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> don't we see the soldier turn? Yeah, we see him get exposed to the pathogen and Do turn we? into yeah, this zombie yeah. thing. Yeah. And then at this point, also, Nate finds a letter next to the projector by Francis Drake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is key for Nathan's character because Francis Drake found the treasure. He saw what it did to the Spaniards and made the decision to make sure nobody would ever find El Dorado again. Yeah. Right. Francis Drake is the one who flooded the city. He yeah. sunk all the ships. Mm-hmm. Right. And like he... He basically tried to cut this thing off from the rest of the world forever, mm-hmm. dying yeah. a hero, mm-hmm. you know, and redeeming himself in the eyes of uh, our protagonist, Nathan. Right. right. And this was a, for story wise, this was a big moment for me because it helped kind of connect some of the dots on what was El Dorado, why they're zombies, you know. All those key components. So I think that the projector, that cut scene was really helpful uh, for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. We leave the bunker right after the projector. We get, we come into a room that like we close the bunker off behind us. And so mm-hmm. we can kind of, we've escaped the descendants and we're like in another control room where we see Elena now on the other side. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now Elena has been captured by Navarro and, or Roman and Navarro. Right. Yep. So. They take her with her. Didn't one of them fall off the cliff by the descendants? That was Raja. Okay. So Roman and Navarro are still our two main bad guys now. Okay. (laughs) And um, somehow they know that we're right on top of the idol. I forget how that information comes out, but they know. They know where the idol is at this point. Mm -hmm. And now our motivations change again from escape to rescue Elena. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we fight our way out of this. And I love this kind of uh, dynamic here where we're both fighting the descendants and we're fighting Navarro's mercenaries, but also they're fighting each other. Yes. Because the descendants yeah. don't care who they kill. They just, you know, they're just aggressive. Yes. So this was kind of a cool, it was tough for sure. Cause all of a sudden you'd like be prepared to fight these mercenaries, which are easier, I think, cause they don't charge you. <laughs> are yeah. we led to believe at this point that the descendants are there or nathan at least believes that the descendants are there to protect the idol to keep it on the island or they're just creatures i think they're just creatures at this point maybe the function is to protect the idol but i i think they're just i don't think so i think they're just a result of the idol okay yeah um so we eventually escape the bunker and we go up top to the surface and sully radios in and he's being pinned down by the mercenaries, so we go bail him out of some trouble in a tough fight against the mercenaries. Again, where everybody's flanking us, like we're always in the middle of everything, and everybody's always around us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, then we know that Elena has been taken to the church, which is where the idol was originally located. So we go into the church, fight more waves of these mercenaries, and then <laughs> again, somehow the entrance to where the idol is located was like kind of in plain sight the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we go down that path, get into a big room, like cavernous room where the idol's sitting. Reminded <laughs> yeah. me of uh, the Cave of Wonders a little the, bit. Yeah, yes, it is very Cave of Wonders-ish. <laughs> we get taken hostage by the guys, you know, 
Roman mm-hmm. and Navarro. Mm-hmm. And then we get a cutscene where Navarro tells Roman to open up the idol. And then in the meantime, he's like whispering to Elena, like, watch this or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. He knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so Roman opens up the idol. He breathes in something yeah, like from him. this mummy Mixed that's revealed. It's like yeah. the idol is a sarcophagus, we find out. Yeah. And the mummy inside has some airborne thing that Roman breathes in and turns aggressive and sort of you can see him start to transform into one of these descendants before navarro puts a bullet in his head Mm -hmm. so apparently navarro was the main bad guy the whole time right (laughs) he was pulling roman strings using his resources and now navarro he reveals that he wants to sell the idol to the highest bidder and like imagine what kind of money this would go for on the black market Mm -hmm. nate and sully are like if this thing gets out this could be like the end of the world Mm -hmm. so we need to uh at all costs, stop it from getting out. Again, our motivations change again to save the world. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, again, we're fighting these descendants and making our way to Navarro. And there's a time element now. Yeah. There's a time element, yeah, because like, mm-hmm. they can't get too far out. Did you get caught by the time element or something? Uh, yeah. Trying to take my time and like make sure that I wasn't going to get killed by a shotgun as I walked up the stairs. And then I was like, oh, the yeah. helicopter flew away. Oh, oops, okay. Did you fall in the water? <laughs> yep. No, I never fell in the water. It's like in the Half-Blood Prince where those creatures come in the water and pull you down. Yeah, no, it's like, it's terrifying. Like the cutscene that shows you die is like these like arms come out and wrap around you. And, yeah. Oh, my oh God, wow. It's, it's horrifying. Because I think I tried to just shortcut and jump in the water. I think I just missed a step <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm in the water. Can't jump out. They've got me. So Navarro's in a helicopter. He's pulling the idol up to like transport it to his tanker or his, his big ship. And then we get to a point where we jump on the idol and then are taken to Navarro's ship where we start the boss battle. We're in the end game now. We like crash the helicopter, right? Yes, we crash the helicopter. Yep. And then we get deposited on the ship. On the opposite side of where the helicopter crash landed. Yes. Not clear how we get there. Yeah. But this is where the game kind of changes again, where it's like we have to take care of all the guys that aren't Navarro. And Navarro's got this like really repeatable pattern. Power of God weapon also. And like if he shoots you with it, you're dead, basically. Yeah. And it destroys crates yeah. very easily. Yeah. yeah, this part's not that difficult, I think. But like... I mean, once one... you figure out the pattern... Correct. Yeah, I'm with Ashley. I I died multiple times at the beginning before I realized that you just have to take out the other people and learn the pattern to make sure that you're not in the line of fire. And that's why, yeah, Brandon, Navarro. you helped me with this because I, I had just started this... And you're like, just watch for the pattern. And yeah. then I got it. Because I knew you would probably throw the controller through our TV if you <laughs> That's... Uh, if I didn't give you a little hint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because the game introduces like Navarro as a guy who Well, that's a new a component. That's a new gameplay component introduced at the very end of the game. So I wasn't looking for a pattern in the fighting scenes. Yeah, and it's not just the pattern. It's that you can't kill him. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you, no matter what you do, he has to live to the very end for, yeah. for cinematic reasons, right? Sure. Like, and I, get, I guess mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that was him either ah, until right. we're talking just now. Right. So. So, anyway, you do that probably five times, four times mm-hmm. maybe. Like, yeah. it's the same kind of pattern in different realms. And then we, we get to where the helicopter is. Elena's safe. Some, unconscious. No, she's still on the helicopter. She's mm-hmm. unconscious on the helicopter. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Navarro, like, it's just one-on-one, mano armano. E, yeah. Mano, mano e mano. mano. <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, again, you wait for the pattern, and then you charge him, and then you punch him a couple times, and, and mm-hmm. then Navarro goes down, 
you get the little thing for beating the game. You save Elena out of the helicopter. Hero. And, uh, after Elena is saved, Nate, like, does Nate throw the thing around Navarro's he, foot? He or he pushes he, the helicopter off. He it's sees just, that there's, like, the rope that could yeah, be caught that Navarro around. Navarro is standing on yeah, the, yes. in the rope, that, and it will perfectly tie him up and drag him down with it and, right. and the idol with it all. So with one push of a helicopter, Nate kills the main bad guy and uh, saves the world from the idol. Pretty much. And that is Uncharted Drake's Fortune. Yes, it is. Oh, and then the epilogue kind of is that Sully <laughs> rocks up, who's been on his own for a minute, and he finds time to, like, load this ship with treasure that he found. I guess. Or maybe he found the ship with the treasure with the on treasure? it. Maybe somebody else was trying to, like, card it, you know. I mean, he was in the Cave of Wonders. Getaway, so. He was in the Cave of Wonders. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. not only do we save the world and kill the bad guy, but we are filthy rich from the whole process. Yeah. yeah. So, Ashley, I got to ask, how long do we have to wait before we play Uncharted 2 based on <laughs> your experience <laughs> with Uncharted 1? Are there zombies in it? They're not zombies in Uncharted 2, no. I think that this is the scariest of the Uncharted games, just like full stop. Like that bunker scene is a horror game. Is the storyline easier mm-hmm. to follow in the next one? I think so. It's been a while since I played Uncharted 2. Yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of, you know, here's the next thing we got to go to. Here's the next thing we got to go to. Like that is I mean, the as long, I guess as long as I know that going into it yeah. and I know that I can't think too hard about it. Then maybe I'll be okay. But I need I need a few games in between. I need yeah. a couple games. Give me two games in between. Okay. I do think that this one's more complicated with the with all the historical like interweaving of all the different groups that have been after El Dorado and how they've yeah. impacted each other and where the idol is. And somehow the idol ends up back in its original spot that the Spaniards had it. That's the it's not super clear to me how mm-hmm. all these groups interacted with the idol. But for the time, this mm-hmm. was like a super ambitious game in terms of yeah, for sure. storytelling and environmental and graphics for that time right yeah it was beautiful for the time for sure and they only get better yeah mm-hmm. so as is uncredible gamer tradition we'll go through our top three we have three top threes so the first top three is our top three shootout areas yes yep. so sean would you like to start sure my top three in ascending order um descending order the from the th- three third. is be- the three is the first one <laughs> number three to number one i Put the graveyard was number three, the shootout where after you have found the, the treasure entrance or whatever, and you call on Sully to make a distraction to get Roman out of that room. Right. Whatever. It's between like, then, the church and the where the treasure is. And there's like, they give yeah. you a sniper, right? Uh-huh. Right to yeah. start. Yeah. yeah. Sniper start. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Number two was the in the church originally when you're in the church. I just thought it was neat being able to use the pews as cover mm-hmm. and like jumping yeah. over them moving forward. And it reminds me of like how so many like movie shootouts are like in the church. You know, it's like an old, it's like the old like Spanish old Western. Western kind of, yeah. Like yeah. it's in the church. Anyway. Uh, and then number one for me, I don't know. I guess this is a cop out because it's like the culmination of the storyline. But I thought the ship, the final shootout of the progression to getting to Navarro, I enjoyed. All right, you, li- you like the boss battle? Yeah, I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was fun. Cool. 
Ash? Uh, my number three, I don't remember exactly when this came up, but it would have been earlier on when we were more in like the courtyard section of the game before we got into the, the catacombs of it all. But there was a part where you battle the guys on the ground. They were shooting at you from up above with whatever gun it was that's like in the stand, the machine gun that, you know, swivels around. Yeah, you're talking about you're in the fortress, in sure. the Spanish fortress, yeah. Sure, mm-hmm. yes. So you're battling the guys on the ground, and then they're shooting at you from up above. You take them out, and then you go up a level, and then you're the one that is in control of that machine gun looking down at them. Yeah. I thought that was a good mm-hmm. shootout. Yep. Uh, my second one was the same that Sean had in that cathedral church wherever the pews were it was difficult for me i had to do it quite a few times that was my first time using the sniper rifle because i i didn't know that it was a thing Mm -hmm. until brandon says why aren't you using the sniper rifle and i said where is the sniper rifle (laughs) and then so i learned how to use that so that was cool and I, i thought it was I thought the scenery of it was nice. And even though it was difficult for me, I still enjoyed that part. And then my number one was earlier on when we were in the Jeep going through where I think Nathan's or Elena's driving and Nathan has, again, that machine gun that's following behind those motorcycles following behind. It was a different kind of gameplay component and it was pretty exciting, I would say, with the the motion of it again i kind of felt like it was on like a a ride like a disney ride so i thought that was an interesting shootout in that regard the disney ride where you shoot machine guns you know you know (laughs) (laughs) no yeah no i agree totally agree all right for me my third favorite moment is really small moment um, and I don't know, it barely probably qualifies as a shootout. There's a, a moment when you're in the jungle going to the plane crash and you come across this bridge that's like taken out and you, you're getting shot at from above a, like a waterfall and then you work your way around and then you have to jump down and there's mm-hmm. this little section that crumbles and you have to jump off it. And at the end of that, you're like hanging from from a piece of earth or whatever that's around this waterfall and this truck pulls out and there's two guys on the truck that start shooting at you mm-hmm. but in the back of the truck is an explosive barrel mm. <laughs> right and so you just put one bullet into the exploding barrel and then the truck explodes and flips over and then acts as a bridge to get you back up to where you need to go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just thought that was a cool yeah, I, I, I like those that. moments where i can do things you can be tactical and smart you mm-hmm. know and you don't need to like just keep pumping bullets into something uh my second is the church also like you guys mentioned i think ashley and i are talking about the same time in the church which uh is after you rescue sully and you're like you're rescuing elena you're on to rescue elena mm-hmm. and there's like five snipers pointing at you and yeah it's tough but it's fun mm-hmm. 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 um and my favorite moment i think is is just when you leave the bunker and you're you're trying to escape the rest of the bunker. You've got now Roman's men with the zombies and they're fighting each other. And I just, I like the dynamics of like, well, do I let this play out? Right. You right, know, right. maybe yeah. I'm going to take a step back and then see who wins this and I'll take what's left over. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. And I just, I think that's kind of a cool, cool dynamic that is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not explored very much in the game. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do our top three weapons that we like to play with. I'll start. We'll do like a little snake. You know, reverse snake draft. Cool. So my third favorite weapon was the German rifle because it was super handy fighting the descendants, which were kind of a pain in the ass. 
Mm-hmm. What was so special about that one? It just had a lot of bullets. Okay. And it took care of those descendants pretty well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there, yeah, I don't know if there's any dynamics that made that true or not. But mm-hmm. my second favorite weapon is just the pistol. Cause yep. like it yep. was probably overpowered compared to the rest of the guns. Sure. You could get a headshot pretty easily with the tight controls of the pistol. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I use that probably more than any other gun. Yeah. Um, and my favorite's the, the sniper. Anytime I get a chance to be a little bitch from afar <laughs> and not have to get into the fray. <laughs> not get into the fray. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Nice. All right, let's do Ashley. My third one, uh, again, kind of thinking about the shootout, whatever that machine gun is that you can jump behind and is on the, the stand. There's probably a real name for it. I don't the, know what it is. The Gatling gun kind of thing or whatever we decided. Yeah, you can use it at a few mm-hmm. different scenes. You use it on the Jeep. You use it in that ballroom scene. Mm-hmm. So I had trouble getting out of it, especially <laughs> if someone was started shooting at me from the sides. Yes. Um, I had trouble letting go of it to go back to my regular weapon. So... And again, that was just me not really understanding the mechanics of how to transition. But uh, regardless, once I was once you were there, it was a, a nice thing to have. Uh, my second one was the sniper. Again, once I discovered that it was a thing, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I didn't discover that it was an option until way late into the game. But and then my number one uh, was anything that had the most bullets because. Uh, which I think was probably the AK-47, I think, used the most just because I was able to collect the most bullets for. My aim is not great, so what it takes you guys <laughs> one shot to to get someone, it takes me about four or five shots to take someone, so I need uh, all the ammo I can get. So whatever had the most bullets was my favorite. Nice. I didn't collect things based on what gun it was. I collected, oh, that one has uh, more bullets. I'm taking that one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. My third favorite was the, yeah, the MP40, the German machine gun. Um, Like you said, Brandon, taking care of the descendants. Uh, Number two for me, I went with the M4, which was like the 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 tactical or the the higher powered machine gun that Romans guys had, not like the AK-47. I don't know. I just I like that one a little bit better than the AK forty seven. And then yeah, my number one, the old faithful, the nine millimeter pistol. I I would always opt to keep that over the other like smaller weapons that you could get over. Yeah. You know the automatic ones or the yeah. So I just kept it kept it with the pistol. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So this last category. Let's do our top three moments. And or locations. Mm-hmm. And so I, what I'm counting here is like story beats or locations can be just like seeing the location for the first time. I think it kind of counts as a moment. So yeah. let's start mm-hmm. with Ashley. Okay. So this may surprise you, but my third one was when you're in whatever that bunker is where the reel is playing with the zombie experiment thing. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. and, and that might be surprise you because you know how I feel about zombies. And that bunker. And the bunker because I was freaked out the whole time. But anyways, <laughs> I liked it because it was a good moment for the story. It filled in a lot of holes for the story. It helped complete some of those things. So that's why I thought that was a good moment. My second one was towards the beginning where you find that submarine U-boat 
thing. The scenery was really pretty. It was in, you know, in the jungle. You could see the water. You could see like the sun. And I think the sun was setting. So it was just a really pretty graphic wise. And it was, I think it was a a strong scene with that big boat being uh, highlighted. Yeah. Yeah. And then my number one was the end. (laughs) (laughs) I liked being done. So that was a good moment. That's good. All right. So for me, let's see. My third favorite moment was this. It's similar with the U-boat, but not the first time we see it, but the second time we see it Mm -hmm. when we're like hanging on that pipe above it. Yeah. You know, in the scene, like the camera's just looking down at Nathan Drake hanging down above this sunken German U-boat, which is uh, just really cool. It was a cool shot for Mm -hmm. sure. And Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. I don't often like think man i'm gonna take a screenshot of this scene right here but you know i click the share button like Mm -hmm. you know let's document that Mm -hmm. maybe i'll tweet it out it's cool my second favorite so i just like the like the drowned city atmosphere you Mm -hmm. know there was nothing spectacular about the shootouts or the any kind of really events that happen and it has the whole jet ski thing wrapped up with it but just the setting was really cool it felt kind of like venice that went too far or something mm-hmm. just like being in the drowned city mm-hmm. yep and then my favorite moment is i mentioned earlier it's a story beat but when nathan is in jail uh yeah imprisoned yeah. by eddie raja and you just see elena slink back and rescue nate and then uh-huh. that leads into the jeep level which is a great level and yeah it just it's, it was funny to me seeing elena a, pop a little up bit in of the humor window. there's humor uh-huh it had Elena being like a badass and rescuing Nate, which mm-hmm. was a flip. And so, you know, for many reasons, I think that's my favorite moment in the in the game. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Sean. Yeah, mine were a little bit more, I guess, level oriented than than like location or scenery. Um, that being said, my number three, I put the first U-boat that scene. Seeing the U-boat in the jungle was interesting. And then you get the whole like inciting incident of meeting Roman and Sully dying, but you know what we think Sully getting killed and setting that all, all that stuff in motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two for me, it's funny actually put it as a shootout, but uh, which it definitely <laughs> is, but I, I had it as a, as a moment, I guess, but the, the driving, the bombing shooting at the cars, I liked that gameplay aspect a lot. Yeah. And then uh, number one for me, I I, I enjoyed, um, I think, the visual aspect and then the gameplay also with the, um, I called it the numbers maze for my shorthand. But the um, once you make it right before you see Francis Drake, the whole like following the Roman numerals. The play place. The play place. Yes. The the, the play place. Yeah. I just I thought it was it reminded me of like. That like ancient city sort of national treasure sort of stuff of and oh yeah for and sure. like uh, legends yeah. of the hidden temple <laughs> right right there you go I thought it wasn't it was like a good mix of all of the non shooting aspects of this game which are some of my favorite nice nice mm-hmm. all right and that is Uncharted that's the Uncredibles take so thank you for listening and we will uh, be back with whatever game we decide to play next. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, and thanks for listening through to the end. 
If you liked what you heard, it would help us a lot if you liked and subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you think we're worthy of a recommendation, please tell your friends about the show. Thanks again.